Hey, it's HPG. This is the podcast, Living My Breastless Life, the show where we hear about my journey to heal while battling cancer, being a wife, a toddler mom. We're going to cover all things real life. We learn what it really means to heal no matter what we go through. In season one, you will hear some of my story along with episodes featuring my occasional co-host, Martha, and some badass guests. There will be humor, life hacks, tips and tricks, and further proof that truth can be stranger than fiction. could tell by the sound of the footsteps coming down the hall that my life and prognosis were to be a matter of statistics based on research and outcomes of others before me. I was filled with fear, unknowns. When my medical team gave me the formal diagnosis of breast cancer, they also gave me a handy chart follow that read like a board game. For example, If you have this genetic marker, we do this. If this test result comes back indicating this, we do that. I felt very angry and confused. I had genetic testing done on that visit, and I was told the results take about two weeks to come back. I was also told that I needed a breast MRI or a more detailed picture to get a comprehensive image of what we were really looking for in terms of severity of this disease. I recall three thoughts that were playing on a loop in my head. I had to live for Piper. I want Valium and I want vodka. Those were the three things that initially came to mind. I refrained from saying those things out loud to the nurse that was drawing my blood. More importantly, I did not take myself up on those self-destructive ways to cope with the news that I had received. We left for Maine the next morning. Mar had misplaced her driver's license. We waited to pack until the morning we left and realized I had donated our luggage while nesting before our daughter was born. Everything seemed to be right on track. We took to the air for our trip, one-year-old in tow. If I had to wait two weeks for my fate to be determined, Portland, Maine felt like the exact place to do so. Prior to takeoff on our flight home, I found out that I did not have genetic markers such as BRCA, etc., 84 genes were tested, and they were all normal. I had an MRI the next day, the same day that our daughter started a new academy. Leaving your child in the hands of strangers is stressful enough, so why not have an MRI on the same day? I wanted to get it over with and know what I was facing. The MRI showed that my left breast had to be completely removed, and the right had questionable areas that would need close monitoring. I decided that me and my boobs had a good run for 41 years and it was time for them to go. 
I was very adamant to have no reconstruction and obliged my medical team with a visit to a plastic surgeon as I felt they wanted to check the box that I had made an informed decision. While waiting for my plastic surgery consult, I had started sharing the news with friends and family, managing their emotions along with mine presented to be very challenging. I set my boundaries and held the boundaries that I had set, which I think is the most difficult part of setting boundaries with folks. I heard a lot of responses from the people I had shared this news with. I remember one person telling me to eat apricot pits as that was a cure for cancer. I also remember people telling me to look at this as an opportunity for a boob job. I recall people asking me, oh, what size will you be if you get reconstruction? If you take anything away from this episode, don't say those three things to a newly diagnosed breast cancer patient. I remember someone saying, are you aware of what you will look like if you have a double mastectomy with no reconstruction? I was real heavy on the living and very much less on physical appearance. I think it's amazing how beautiful people truly are who have a double mastectomy. I also think it's interesting that breasts serve a function and how tied the appearance portion is to societal beauty standards. Perhaps that's the patriarchy, but people become really interested in discussing your body parts when they are called in question to be removed. And now, a word from our sponsor. Feel free to let us know what topics you'd like to see covered in future episodes. Get in touch by heading over to According to HPG on Instagram. And be sure to tell your friends about the show. There was a time when I thought I could record, edit, and publish everything myself. Seeing as this left me very little time for anything else, I started to lose the standard of quality I was used to. Then I found Jay. In less than a day, the show went from so-so to amazing. Don't sacrifice quality for mediocrity. Check out the podcast mechanic and take your sound to the next level. Connect with Jay today at the podcast mechanic on Instagram. Let him know HPG sent you. And now, back to the show. Folks who are newly diagnosed with any disease, I can only speak on breast cancer, I come to learn and really study about decision fatigue. There are so many choices to make, so many things to think about, so many things to consider, things you've never thought about before, plans to make, 
plans to cancel. What do you do? Where do you go? What's next? The wait is unbearable. In terms of decision fatigue, there were days that I had no idea what I wanted for dinner. I could not make simple decisions, such as what pants to wear. I had learned that Barack Obama often wears the same color suit every day to decrease decision fatigue. Or that's why you would see Steve Jobs with typically the same outfit every time you saw him speak. Now, I'm not Barack Obama or Steve Jobs, but I had a lot of decisions to make. Combined with working full-time, having a one-year-old, being married, being a homeowner, being a pet owner, being a new patient, having about eight doctors, keeping up with people's names. Where am I supposed to be? What time? Which location? My plate was very full. I have to say I'm incredibly thankful for Martha, who helped me so much with a lot of these decisions. For example, she would just decide what I wanted from a restaurant when we were ordering takeout, or help me with the little things in terms of decision-making that made such a huge impact. Speaking of decisions, we had decided to outsource our two dogs to family members. To be honest, I had to really think about if it has a pulse, how much capacity do I really have to care for it? While waiting on my plastic surgery consult, I did what I do best. I started planning and preparing. I didn't know what was in my future, per se, but I did know I was facing a major surgery, and I had a short amount of time to get a lot of things done to prepare for that surgery and recovery. It almost felt like nesting before our daughter was born, except this drive had far more intensity and anxiety behind it. I started researching like it was my job, because it was. There was going to be one down in the PG household, and that one was me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Living My Breastless Life. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, please leave a review, download, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Go get your mammograms.